Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good grief. See, uh, that is a phrase uh, that I'm guessing might just be familiar uh, to many of you, a phrase that you might just have uttered a, a time or two before, good grief. And, uh, and it's a phrase that I, I learned uh, during a sermon writing rabbit hole uh, this week. Uh, in fact, does predate the year 1952 uh, and the Peanuts comic strip in which Charlie Brown first speaks it. Uh, but I am guessing that, uh, that Charlie Brown is likely the reason that you know that phrase, good grief. And uh, in the hundreds, uh, maybe even thousands of comic strips uh, where he uses it, he uses it to, uh, to express uh, unpleasant surprise. Good grief. And, uh, and he uses it to express uh, things like annoyance. Good grief. And even uh, at times he uses it to, uh, to express things like disappointment. Good grief. Yeah, maybe you've uh, maybe you've uttered uh, that phrase a uh, time or two before. You know, you put the the key in the ignition to your car, and you dis- you turn it, and you discover that it won't start. Good grief. You know, you're, uh, you're in the checkout at the grocery store. Uh, you're just about to buy your food, and you discover that their computer system is down. Good grief. Or, you know, it's, uh, it's been raining uh, a lot outside, kind of like it has been this week. You look down the stairs to your basement, and you discover what is more than just a little puddle of water. Good grief. You know, when you uh, consider those two words uh, separately, good and grief, they seem a a little bit like an oxymoron or a contradiction in terms uh, because uh, you hear them and you think, you know, maybe, well, how how is grief ever a a good thing? You know, it was uh, was about 60 years ago that a a Lutheran pastor uh, by the name of uh, Granger Westberg uh, wrote a book and gave it that very title, Good Grief. He was, a, he was a hospital chaplain, a pastor in the, the Chicago area, and when he talks about good grief, uh, what he's talking about is, is healthy grief, uh, what it looks like. You see, uh, suffering, he says, suffering is not a good thing. But just because you suffer doesn't mean that you have to be devastated by it. And grief, he suggests, grief is simply the process that all of us go through as we deal with that suffering and as we deal with uh, the sin and the brokenness and all the other transitions that we experience in life. And, you know, it makes me think about a thing that a pastor I used to serve with uh, likes to say. He says uh, that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are those who have experienced grief and there are those who one day will. You see, it's uh, with that thought in mind uh, that I find today's reading uh, from John chapter 11 very important for us because at one point or another in our lives, all of us are going to experience grief. And, and what this passage shows us is what it looks like to grieve with Jesus. Uh, or to use the words of Granger Westberg, what it looks like to have good grief uh, because we follow him. 
Let me see, uh, brings us uh, to the passage uh, that you just heard, and it's, uh, it's probably a very familiar passage. It's the story about the death and resurrection of, uh, of this man named Lazarus. And what we need to know about this passage is that it takes place at a rather significant moment in the life and ministry of Jesus. And in a lot of ways, this passage serves as a hinge in John's gospel. A hinge between uh, three years of Jesus' life and ministry and a a hinge between the events that eventually lead to his crucifixion and and death. You see, for three years, Jesus' life and ministry has been all about these signs and wonders. Signs and wonders that that point to who he is and and why he's come. Signs and wonders like, uh, like feeding the thousands and turning water into wine. And all of those signs, all those wonders, they, they culminate in the event that you just heard. Jesus performs the most incredible sign, the most incredible wonder of all. He raises a man from the dead. And if you, uh, if you remember how the, the rather long reading that you just heard, if you remember how it ends, uh, you remember that this sign, this effect, it, it has uh, an impact on those who witness it. Men- begin to believe in Jesus. But if you keep on reading, what you discover is that this is not the only effect uh, that it has, uh, because even though many of the Jews who see it begin to believe in Jesus, not all of the Jews who see it begin to believe in Jesus. Actually, some of them begin to be afraid. If we let him go on like this, they say, then everyone will believe in him. And, and the Romans, they're, they're going to come and they will take away both our place and our home. You see, this launches us into the uh, events of Holy Week and the conspiracy that eventually leads to his death. And, and that's how this reading, it serves as a, a hinge in John's gospel, a hinge between these uh, signs and wonders, the culmination of three years of ministry, and, and how they serve as a hinge between that and the events that lead to Jesus' death. And here's what I want you to notice in today's reading. Not about today's reading, but but in today's reading. Today's reading is a story about grief. It's a story about these, uh, these two sisters who have just lost their brother and are grieving his death. And it's a story about, uh, about his friends, his family, the people who knew him and loved him and now miss him that he's gone. And it's a story, it's a story that shows us what it looks like to grieve with Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, uh, have good grief because we follow him. You see, this brings us uh, to the first thing that, uh, that I want you to notice uh, about what good grief looks like. You see, contrary to the, uh, the perceptions of many people outside the Christian faith, and maybe even some people within it, uh, good grief, good grief knows that grief isn't a, a sign that there's something lacking or something wrong with our faith. Good grief knows that grief is simply a sign of love. It was a couple of months ago that I was uh, very poignantly reminded of this fact, See, it, was, uh, it was just a couple hours after our Christmas Day celebrations uh, here at Messiah. The, uh, the Christmas dinner had just wrapped up, and I, I received word from my former congregation. 
I received word uh, that a, a member on the staff of our uh, former congregation had passed away. And this guy, he was, uh, he was the director of operations. Uh, he served uh, this church for, for more than 20 years. He was also the leader of, uh, of our praise band. And this guy, he played the flute, he played the sax, he played the clarinet. And, and for a number of years, this guy even played in the United States Army Band. You know, it's, uh, it's Christmas Day. I'm, I'm sitting in the living room at my, my in-law's house. Grant and Jude are, are playing with uh, some toys that they'd just gotten for Christmas, and I'm reading this email. In the early hours of Christmas morning, just after playing for our worship service last night, Greg Twombly passed away. You know, when I get that news, uh, the first thing I do is I, I call the pastor I used to serve with. I mean, I, I consider him a, a close friend, and, you know, I ask him, I say, you know, Mark, how are you doing? And, uh, and his response, it, it cuts just to the chase. He says, you know, I, I'm in shock, and, and I'm not really sure how I'm doing. You know, this is a guy, a pastor, uh, who has preached the resurrection more times than I can count. Uh, a guy, a pastor, who, is, uh, who has shared the comforts of the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, uh, all sorts of times, and yet he's not really sure how he's doing. You see, the reason why isn't that there's something lacking with his faith or that there's something wrong with it. The reason why is that grief is simply a sign of love. I mean, he served with this guy for almost 20 years. And so, you know, if you, uh, if you don't have a lot of love, you might not have a lot of grief. But if you have a lot of love, well, then maybe, maybe you're overwhelmed with grief. And you're not really sure how you're doing. You see, this is exactly what we see in the reading that you just heard. Mary and Martha are overwhelmed with grief. They're overwhelmed with grief at the death of their brother. And yet, here's the thing. There isn't something wrong with their faith. I mean, quite the opposite. Mary and Martha believe. Uh, Mary and Martha believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, that he's come into the world. And, and in our reading, the one that we just heard, uh, that's what they say to Jesus in John chapter 11, verse 27. And, and there are all sorts of other people around who we are led to believe, believe in Jesus too, and yet they're grieving. And they're crying and, and they're weeping because they miss their friend. And, and that's when Jesus arrives on the scene. And you get the, the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. You know, it sort of catches you off guard because he is, uh, he is the resurrection and the life, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And yet what we also discover in this reading is that Jesus is all of that, but he's also our brother. And so he weeps. He weeps because he's been there before. He weeps because he knows, he knows the power of death and loss. And so grief, grief isn't a sign that our, our faith is somehow lacking or that there's something wrong with it. Grief, grief is simply a sign of love. And not just a few moments ago, I, uh, I mentioned the pastor that I served with uh, my first five years of ministry. And it was, uh, it was shortly after I got to my first call that he, uh, that he pointed out this book to me, and he said, you know, 
Uh, It's a short book, but it's well worth the read. As I eventually uh, sat down to read this, uh, what struck me is that there is all sorts of grief in our world that I just simply overlook. See, when I think about grief, uh, I tend to think about the big grief in our lives. And you know, maybe you can name these kinds of grief. Uh, the death of a loved one. The loss of a job. Maybe even uh, the inability uh, to have kids. And yet what Granger Westberg points out is that for every big grief in our life, uh, there's even more, countless more little griefs that we regularly experience. You know, when you consider that this is a, a guy who was writing almost 60 years ago, uh, it's kind of... It's kind of spooky, the things that he points out. He points out things like uh, our mobile culture and the fact that people are always moving away. And, you know, there's, uh, there's excitement sometimes in that, but we often find ourselves in the position where we have to look at those things and, and call them always good. And sometimes that arrests the grief that we experience. Well, you know, he, uh, he talks about the grief that we experience in transition, and not all transition is a bad thing. I mean, sometimes you are starting a new job. Sometimes you are going to a new school. Sometimes you're moving into a new house, and yet these things, these things all start with the loss of something. And where there's loss, grief is not far behind. He makes me wonder uh, what sort of things that Granger Westberg would notice if he were around today. I mean, I wonder what kind of grief he'd find lurking behind things like the pandemic, or uh, what kind of grief he would find uh, behind uh, living in uh, a country that is so politically polarized, or what kind of grief he would find uh, navigating a culture where uh, the only thing that, uh, that seems to be sure is that, that nothing is allowed to be wrong. You see, that brings me uh, to the second thing uh, that we, uh, we learn about good grief in today's reading. Good grief is expressed grief. You see, one of my, uh, one of my favorite parts uh, about today's reading is uh, something that happens not once but twice. Uh, Mary and then Martha, they both come to Jesus. They both come to Jesus separately, uh, but they both ask Jesus. They say the exact same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And the reading just highlights this fact. I mean, Jesus received word, but he, he remains behind for a couple of days. And he says that this is going to, to show his glory. And, and do they know this? We're not entirely sure. But, but they do know that if he had been there, this would not have happened. You know, maybe, uh, maybe you can think about a time in your life when you've wanted to say something like this. And yet the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he actually invites us uh, to express these things. I mean, he's present for, for Mary and Martha. He, he listens to what they have to say. He acknowledges them, which is not to say that he apologizes. 
It's not to say uh, that he says, you know, I was wrong, I should have been here, but it is to say that he wants us to share these things. And, you know, when we don't, that's the moment that sin often creeps into our life. I mean, the grief that we won't express in one area uh, begins to leak out as anger or frustration or any number of other things in another part of our life. And that can damage our relationships, it can erode our trust in God, and and it can even uh, lead us to be robbed of the kind of good things that God eventually does want us to have. And so Jesus, Jesus invites us to bring our grief to him. And then he gives us a place to put it. At the foot of the cross. And it's at the foot of the cross that Jesus invites us to place all of the ugly things in our lives. The grief we experience, the sin that we experience, the sin we do. Jesus invites us to place all of these things at the foot of the cross, and it's here at the foot of the cross that Jesus says, I can handle these things for you. That brings us uh, rather quickly to the uh, the third and final thing uh, that I want you to notice about good grief in today's reading. Good grief knows uh, that there's also going to be a happy ending. You see, Jesus, uh, Jesus doesn't just empathize with us. He doesn't just empathize with Mary and Martha. He actually does something about our grief. I mean, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what Jesus says to Mary and to Martha in today's reading. That's what Jesus says to people like us. And for Mary and Martha, uh, that means that their brother is going to live. And, and not just uh, in a couple of moments, We're going to see that happen. But it also means uh, that their brother is going to live on the last day. And yet this miracle, this this seventh sign, this seventh wonder, it's the thing that takes us from uh, the three years of life and ministry to the story of Jesus' crucifixion and death and then to the story of his resurrection. Where he makes the promise to people like, like you and me that because you believe in him, though you may one day die, Yet shall you live. And so that means that that even though we may grieve, uh, as Paul writes in his letter to the Thessalonians, even though we may grieve, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. And our hope is in Jesus, and, and we know what he's done. We know that one day he will return, and he will raise us from the dead, and we will live with him forever in a new creation. And, and so as Psalm 30 says, you know, even though weeping may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. And so what does good grief look like? Well, first, good grief knows that grief uh, does not mean that there is something lacking or wrong with our faith. Good grief knows that grief is simply a sign of love. And good grief, second, knows that when we grieve, God invites us to express that grief. To express it with one another, I mean, it's no accident that he places us together, but also to express it to him. Uh, to take our grief and and all of the ugly things in our lives and place it at the foot of the cross where Jesus says that he can handle it for us. And finally, finally, good grief reminds us that Jesus doesn't just hear our griefs. 
Jesus doesn't just listen to our griefs. He actually does something about them. He promises that he is the resurrection and the life, and that's what enables us. It's what enables you and what enables me to look beyond our grief and to know the joy that Jesus has for us. Good grief. See, that's the message we encounter this fifth Sunday in Lent. That's why I pray God's blessings on you as you navigate uh, the griefs in your life, both big and small, as he grants us his grace and reminds us that he is with us, and he loves us, and he is the resurrection and the life, and that is the thing that changes everything for us because we do not know what the future holds, but we do know the one who holds it. In the name of Jesus, amen.